0: The we're going family style deal. Because I want a bite of your Big Mac. And I need some of your Quarter Pounder. I'll try your filet of fish There's a deal for every friend group at McDonald's. Order any two classics for just six bucks. Price of participation may vary. Single item at regular price cannot be combined with any other offer.
1: We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast, but the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you.
2: The Exxon Radio Show is heard on radio broadcast affiliates worldwide including AM 580 CFRA in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada, WPUL AM 1590 in Daytona Beach, Florida, DAYWAY AM 1610 in St. Helens, Oregon, KHRO AM 1150 in El Paso, Texas, and for more information on becoming a professional broadcast affiliate of the Exxon Radio Show, visit www.xzbn.net and Star Cable, and starting today, full time seven. Uh, let me see, twenty-four hours a day, seven days a week, three hundred and sixty-five days of the year, at www.xzonetv.com. Xo Nation. My first guest tonight is Mike Ackerman, and um, Mike is an armchair archaeologist, archaeologist and historian. He's um. You know he's had a unique interpretation of Elizabethan uh, sonnets. He's also into ancient history, and um, we're going to be talking to Mike about the paranormal as he sees it. And Mike, welcome to the X Zone. Thank you. All right, Mike. Um, you, you've had you've had various experiences within the uh, within the uh, the paranormal. Um, everything from a ghost encounter in a rooming house to out-of-body experiences. And and I was just wondering if you could give us a little bit of a background into your fascination with the uh, paranormal.
3: I was always curious about it. I remember as a kid Mm -hmm. watching a show on television uh, called, what was that now?
2: Well, it was a it was show on TV. Twilight
3: the Twilight Zone and... Yeah. and um, the Outer Limits? Outer Limits, there that you go. was it. Mm-hmm. I remember Outer Limits uh, especially being my favorite because they always ended it by explaining that uh, there were experiences by people that uh, sort of tied into their story as being real. right whereas Twilight Zone was all fiction. Anyway, you know, I didn't expect anything, but Mm -hmm. as time went on and I'm going through life, um, the first thing that happened to me was the encounter in the rooming house. It was the year after I graduated from college. I was living in a rooming house, and suddenly was awakened in the middle of the night, Something shaking
2: me. All right, what we're going to do here, Mike, is take a little bit of a um, cliffhanger from old, old-time old TV because you and I have to take our first commercial break, so please stand okay. by. Exone Nation, Mike Ackerman is our guest of this hour. We're talking about experiences with the paranormal here on the Exxon. If you'd like to send an email, exone at com, On MSN Messenger, radio TV at hotmail.com. Our toll-free number worldwide is 1-800-610-7035 and our website www.exxoneradiotv.com. I'll be back on the other side of this two-minute commercial break as we continue our investigation into the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here in the Exxon. Don't go away. Mike Ackerman is our guest this hour. His website is mxi.myveoffice.com forward slash chocolate me. And Mike, we were talking about the rooming house experience that you had. So I was wondering if you could take us back to those days or that day and tell us what happened.
3: I was awakened in the middle of the night by something that seemed to be shaking me.
5: Mm -hmm.
3: I looked around. There wasn't anyone in the room. So I felt that something of a spiritual nature was going on. I didn't know what else to do other than to say, in the name of Christ, I command you to leave. Then I, you know, I didn't think much of it until, oh, some time later, uh, at least a number of weeks, I was in discussion with the landlady about religion and spiritual things And she just sort of confided in me. We were alone, and she says, "Don't tell anyone, but this house is haunted." And I asked, "Well, how do you know that?" And she explained that in one of the rooms, that during the night, a spirit will shake you to wake you up. And I said, "Oh," and she said, "Now don't tell him, but it's you know so and so's room." and i just looked her in the eye and said he's changed rooms because that's what i had experienced ah. so i it- didn't think much of it after that
2: did you ever find out who the ghost was or why the ghost no. was haunting that 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 place no
3: it's it was a an older house mm-hmm. in kalamazoo michigan i would say probably was somewhere in the vicinity of at least 75 to 100 years old uh, a place that could have had a number of owners through mm-hmm. time nobody seemed to know anything the owner didn't but she just knew enough about it to you know to confirm what i had experienced
2: we read in your bio that, uh, that you've read a number of books uh, by Carrington and Muldoon. What is, your, what is the fascination with these two authors?
3: Um, what happened was I was visiting my grandparents down in Arkansas, and they had a lot of books there. And, and I, as I was looking through them, I saw mm-hmm. this one by Carrington and Muldoon, and realized that it seemed to be a how-to book on astral projection. Well, that had been of interest to me, so I read it and decided to try to put to practice one of the methods that they explained in there for bringing about the projection experience. And what I chose to do was essentially lie down in bed at night, rest, Quietly and try to will my breathing and my heartbeat to slow down right. and remain completely immovable. You know how you, you usually want to move around yeah. as you're resting? Mm-hmm. Well, I had to stop that and completely become, uh, I guess they use the word catatonic, uh, unmoving. And after trying to do this for quite a while in a wakeful state, I just sort of gave up and decided, this is enough, it's time to go to sleep. And I turned to my left, and as I did so, I just seemed to roll out of my body and do an arc flying through the air in the room and come to a standing position at the foot of the bed. Well... Of course, I'm getting all excited, thinking, wow, this is really happening. It's it's real. Now what? Now what do I do? I, I didn't know what a next step would be. This is my first attempt, and here I am having success at it. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess, from what I've read, getting all emotional about it, excited about it, can cause you to lose it and so i immediately snapped back into my body in the bed i woke my wife up told her what happened and on later nights um we were both aware of a sort of a vibration that you can feel that was written about in in the book or in somewhere and in my reading so I never really got anywhere with that after that. I think part of it was somewhat of my fear of the unknown here. This was something really big that I was not really knowledgeable in yet.
2: So where did this take you on your next step in the quest uh, to find out more?
3: I've read a lot about the, uh, the subject. Um, some of my... Um, favorite books I I think my best one would be uh, out of the the Robert Monroe series Mm -hmm. there's three books and the middle one, the second one is called Far Journeys he has some things to say in there rather peculiar about um, projection and relating it to electrical things in the area I've never seen that anywhere else Another book that I have is an old book called Casebook of Astral Projection 545 through 746 by Robert Crookall. Right. It's just sort of a collection of experiences that people report, and it's just all the variety that is uh, represented there. Um, I know going back to the Muldoon book, the Carrington Muldoon book, they just talked about the physical world we live in, and Muldoon was able to travel around in our world as a spirit. And yet other books talk about there being other dimensions or other worlds. Um, I can't speak for anything like that from experience, but there seems to be some variety in in people's experiences.
2: Right. What did you experience?
3: Just the arc flying around. um, Mentally, I felt awake. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like a dream. It was very real to me. Um, as far as dreams are concerned, I often have a hard time remembering them unless I know what I dr- dreamt as soon as I wake up and, and talk about it, I'm going to forget it. Right. But, uh, this was something far different from that. It was like I was really flying through the air, but I realized my body doesn't do that. So... This landing in a standing position at the foot of the bed and being ready to move forward to the next step but not knowing what it was or how to achieve it, it was just a very exciting experience. I'm thinking to myself as it happened, this is real. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Now what? Yeah, I guess. (laughs) But I didn't know what the next step would be. The vibration thing on uh, later nights was intriguing. I guess, from what I've read, you can sort of start to lift out of your body and have this vibratory feeling like you're balancing on something. And then you want to move to your next step. But I, I didn't know what to do with that.
2: Do you still do you still have out of body experiences?
3: No, not uh, really. Since that period of time back that would happen back in uh, 1982, so it's been a long time.
2: So why haven't you ventured out into the wild beyonder? I
3: I did go so far as to visit the Monroe Institute in Virginia a few years ago. Yes and uh, tried uh, getting some of their uh, CDs that supposedly would help, but I was not having any success with that. So I don't know whether I'm dealing with a subconscious fear or what it is that's not allowing me to move forward with this. I do work with hypnosis on occasion I'm not sure what to say there, what uh, my personal hang-up might be. But as far as having any more out-of-body experiences, that's not happened. Do you miss it? Not at this point. Uh, Physical life has enough challenges. (laughs) But um, just the, the whole thing about dealing with anything like this does intrigue me. I did work with uh, hypnosis when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. We did age regression. Right. I was the hypnotist, and my friend was the subject. Um, much of what uh, I've read leaves questions in my mind. For example, the health issue of... Uh, Obviously, Sylvan Muldoon was not a healthy person, Mm -hmm. and yet other writers that I've read have said that uh, you should eat certain foods and stay clear of others, and if you want to have an out-of-body experience. I don't know what to say on that. My feeling is just that... um, Most of my time, I'm in my body, so I want to keep it healthy. All right, stand by, Mike.
2: You and I have to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Mike uh, Ackerman is our guest of this hour, Exxon Nation. Here's his website one more time. It's littlelong, mxi.myvoffice.com forward slash chocolate me. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news with Mike Ackerman as the Exxon continues. We're right here. On the Talk Star Radio Network, Exxon Broadcast Network, UK High Definition Radio, Euro High Definition Radio, Star Cable, and ExxonTV.com. We'll be back on the other side of this break with yours truly, Rob McConnell. Don't go away.
0: Hi, I'm Flo from Progressive. Being a baseball fanatic like me can be stressful. It's not all sports points and touchdowns. So Progressive is going to help you take your mind off your team for a moment.
2: .xone radio why do
4: i feel like i'm loo
2: Welcome back, everyone. Mike Ackerman is our special guest this hour. Uh, Mike, I understand you had a run-in with your grandfather's ghost.
3: Not a personal run-in, but what happened was back in 2005, Mm -hmm. my daughter told me that she was going to be going to Arkansas with a friend and wanted to see the restaurant that I'd always talked about my grandfather having built. And so I told her where it was and how to get there in Eureka Springs, Arkansas. And she stopped there and told the owner of the restaurant that she was the great-granddaughter of the man who had built it. In their casual conversation, the owner told her that he thought that uh, Grandpa was haunting the place. So when she reported that to me, I got very curious when I went back the next year, in
5: 2006.
3: Mm-hmm. And I asked questions. I said, what, what about this haunting I hear goes on in this restaurant? I found that it changed hands. There was a new owner. They'd expanded the size and renamed it the Angler's Grill. And I was told that I was going to have to talk to the older staff in order to understand what was going on. They talked of dials being moved, things being moved, and I thought, well, is this just a case of things not being where you left them, or what's going on here? Is this all there is to this superstition? And they got adamant and said, no, 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 we have seen him. We have seen the ghost. And they pointed out a couple of people that worked on the staff in the kitchen, that said they had seen him. So my next question, of course, is, what did you see? They described a skinny old man with a goatee beard, and he always wears a white jacket. I couldn't argue. That's a perfect description of my grandfather, Harold Ackerman, who died in 1983, and he hadn't worked in the restaurant since the very early 70s.
2: Why do you think he? So, why Why do you think he haunts the restaurant?
3: That is a good question. Um, he was very proud of it. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that. Um, that's what he would want to do. He, he was very possessive. I know that after they sold the restaurant, uh, he built a museum for my grandmother's doll collection. Right. And when some people came by and offered to help him with the work, he chased him off. He didn't want anybody helping him. So he was a loner. And, um... Just the the idea of having someone else in his restaurant may bother him somehow. I don't know what to think of that. I try to figure it out. Right. Anyway, um, we came back again the next year in 2007, Mm -hmm. and I just walked in the restaurant understand I live a thousand miles away, so it's not like I can drop by any, any convenient night. Right. But we went in there that next summer, mm-hmm. and I just walked in. I didn't say anything. I was waiting to be seated. And the cook happened to be out front talking to one of his friends at a table, and he looked up, saw me, and pointed at me, saying, I know who you are. And then he turned around, stuck his head through the kitchen door, and yells out, Hey guys, the grandson of the ghost is here! Now, I've never seen the ghost, but it's obvious to me that the staff that works there believe in him.
2: Very interesting.
3: And what they've described fits the description of my grandfather.
2: Now tell me, do your experiences that you've had fit within your your religious beliefs?
3: Uh, I was raised Methodist, Mm -hmm. and in the year after I graduated from college, I joined the LDS Church, which does believe that there is a spiritual life after death. And uh, I have had other people tell me of experiences regarding their family, where they might have an occurrence where they see someone, that has passed on. Um, I find it curious. Uh, in regards to my grandfather, he to- the last year I saw him was 1982, and he told me at that time about his mother's death when he was about nine. She was bedridden, and he woke up in the night and saw her standing by his bed. He reached out to her, and she jumped back and then just vanished disappeared from sight. Wow. So he seems to have seen the spirit of his mother the night she died. Um, just a week before his death, mm-hmm. I woke up in the middle of the night and had a feeling that something was wrong. Something One of my grandparents was going to die. And I felt so strongly about it that I told the friends we were with Um, I expected a long-distance phone call from Michigan telling me what was happening in Arkansas. And before the end of the week, that phone call came. And my grandfather died September 2nd of that year. Hmm. As far as my religious beliefs are concerned, uh, I don't see any conflict between what people talk about and the biblical ideas that are in in the Bible I don't see any conflict there
2: you know I, I understand that that you're a man who enjoys literature and you've probably read uh, Shakespeare a number of times and mm-hmm. and he he talks about ghosts a lot. do you think Shakespeare took ghosts seriously or did he use them as a point of metaphor in his in his writings?
3: Traditionally, ghosts in the the theater prior to Shakespeare were clowns. Mm -hmm. They were there for humor. But Shakespeare uses a ghost very seriously in the play Hamlet. And if you were to study uh, what is going on there in that play and the questions that are raised by the characters, uh, you can see that they're trying to solve the issue of whether this ghost really is Hamlet's father Mm -hmm. or a demon who is trying to trick Hamlet into doing something that will lead him to hell. And this was the basic difference of belief between the Catholics and the Protestants in Shakespeare's time. As the person on the throne changed from Henry VIII through Edward, Jane, Mary, Elizabeth, and James, you had some flip-flopping between the royal opinion about religion between the Catholics and the Protestants, and a man's head could get cut off if he didn't agree with whoever was on the throne. So I think that Shakespeare, in the play Hamlet, was purposely protecting himself by not really solving the problem at the end of the play. It can be interpreted either way, for the Catholic view that ghosts can be of the dead, or the Protestant view, no way can it be of the dead. All ghosts are demons.
2: All right, so basically what he was doing, he was appeasing as many as of the religious philosophies and uh, religious theologies that he could
3: and, you know, give him a nice entertainment mm-hmm. on a subject that really bothers people without committing himself either way, so that Shakespeare kept his head.
2: Why do you think there's so much controversy when it comes to ghosts, the paranormal, UFOs, uh, Bigfoot, and and everything else that, that fits within the, the realm of the paranormal that is being now investigated by parapsychology?
3: We all like to be on top of things, in control of our world and our life. Mm -hmm. And as soon as something enters into our experience that we don't know how to deal with, it can be frightening. Uh, You can either approach it with fear or you can approach it with curiosity. My approach through life has been curiosity. Uh, It's only after a certain amount of experience that uh, fear might kick in right but that's my feel as to why you have such a variety of experiences and a variety of opinions there are those who only believe in the physical world they don't even believe that there's a spiritual life beyond this once you're dead you're dead Uh, I I can't believe that I think there, from what I've experienced, mm-hmm. there is definitely something spiritual about us that we have to learn to uh, understand. It's what's taught throughout religions of the world. There's just different opinions based on different people's experiences as to what that truth actually is.
2: Do you think that there's a connection between different, uh, s- different uh, segments of the paranormal with each other. For example, I- is there a connection between ghosts and UFOs?
3: I have no personal experience with UFOs. Other uh, Well, there's a close friend of my parents' generation right. who I knew and trusted as a very serious kind of person, not one to practice a a joke or a prank on people. Mm -hmm. And uh, they lived outside Oxford, Michigan, and had some goats, and the kid's job was to milk the goats each night. Right. They came back one night saying that there was some strange lights in the sky, and and he went out with some high-powered binoculars and looked at this light that the kids were talking about, and said that he could actually see doors opening and closing on what I guess you would call a super ship, and the smaller ones flying in and out of those doors. Whatever it was, I would say it was of the physical world, whereas ghosts I consider part of the spiritual world. So the two things don't necessarily have to go together at all in my mind. It's like talking about Bigfoot Mm -hmm. or um, the pyramids. I don't expect to find Bigfoot living in a pyramid, but uh, the two things are very real, possibly, from what people have said. We just don't know about them. So many new kinds of animals have been found. Uh, You've got stories of uh, the, the giant... To eels in yes. Lake Champlain, mm-hmm. Flathead Lake of Montana, some, someplace in China. There's all kinds of stories. We don't know everything that's going on. No, we don't. There could easily be some kind of an animal species hiding out there in the mountains, in the woods, that we only get glimpses of on occasion.
2: So, in your opinion... The impossible is possible. Oh, yes. Pyramid Um, power. Um, I I was also reading where you believe that a pyramid might help achieve an OBE?
3: I don't know. Um, At first I was skeptical Mm -hmm. when I first heard of pyramid power back in the 70s. And then I started reading some books on the subject and it convinced me that I ought to look into it further. Finally, uh, getting a set of Encyclopedia Britannica, they offered uh, special reports on subjects. And I saw that Pyramid Power was one of the things they offered a special report on. So I thought, heck, I'll get this. I want to see what Britannica says. The report came back that there was enough open uh, testing to say clearly that there really was something going on inside the shape of a pyramid. But as for explanation, they would not offer any. All right. Stand,
2: stand by, Mike. You and I have to take our final yep. break for this hour. Mike Ackerman's our guest ExoNation. Here's the website. W, uh, let me see. HTTP colon forward slash forward slash MXI dot my dot com forward slash chocolate me. We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break as we continue from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada in the X Zone with yours truly, Rob McConnell. Don't go away. Mike Ackerman, is my guest, uh, Mike. Before we went to the commercial break, you and I were uh, talking about a uh, pyramid power and how you uh, how you were able to get a special report from the people at the uh, Encyclopedia Britannica. So, what was your final final conclusion based on the information that you received?
3: The pyramid power is a real entity. We just mm-hmm. have no explanation for it. Um, all the of- I have probably half a dozen books on my shelf on the subject, and there's all kinds of testing that uh, people have done. Peculiarly, uh, there seems to be a connection between the sunspot cycle and this energy inside the shape of the pyramid. When the cycle reaches the point where there are no sunspots, Mm -hmm. which from what I know is... uh, Oh, the latter part of 2008. At that point, the pyramid ceases to work. There is no pyramid power. When there are sunspots, then that power grows and follows the cycle. Isn't
2: that No explanation
3: why. This is just something that's cropped up by people that do that kind of thing and experiment with the pyramids. Isn't I've never an had any actual uh, success in trying to work with them, so I don't know what to think there.
2: What kind of experiments did you, did you try?
3: I tried making some large aluminum pyramids to put over the garden, but I think I made them too big, and the framework I used sagged. I see. So I didn't see any real results in trying to, Grow a garden under a pyramid and have some benefit to the plants.
2: But based on your research, what are some of the some of the success stories that you've read about with pyramid power?
3: Def- the thing that really intrigued me was that the pyramid energy can be stored in water, and then the water poured on plants, and it will help the plants grow or you can actually build the pyramid as I was trying to do over the plants. Secondly, insects don't seem to like the pyramid. For example, a simple test with a small one would be to put a piece of raw meat outside and a raw piece inside and watch what the flies do. The flies will cover the piece of meat that's outside the pyramid but they'll not do anything to the meat inside the pyramid. So the combination of the two, the plants like the pyramid, the insects do not. Sounds like a good idea for anybody trying to grow their own food.
2: Mike, I want to thank you so much for joining us tonight. It's been a great pleasure talking to you. All I can say is continued success with your chocolate business. We'll have to have you back on in the future to talk about that because I was at your website earlier today, and I found it truly fascinating.
3: Thank you. I'd like to talk about
2: that. All right. Mike Ackerman has been our guest this hour, Exxon Nation. To visit his website and and get the scoop on the chocolate, it's an interesting site, mxi.myvoffice.com, chocolate me. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news at six and a half minutes past as the Exxon continues. We're right here live and around the world from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. I'll be back. Don't go away.